And welcome back to another episode of Loss of Down, a member of the Bruiser Nation Podcast Network, a division of Snap Mirror Productions. Just a Steve and David episode today. We had Wally have the night off. So, David, how was your weekend, brother? How are we doing? Weekend was good. Can't complain. Did a lot of football watching yesterday and uh, sitting on my couch. So, uh, it was a pretty good weekend. How was yours? A little bit similar. Uh, I went up to Pittsburgh, actually, Wally's neck of the neck of the woods. To celebrate the mother's birthday, so shout out to Gail, uh, celebrating the birthday. So they aren't really like big sports people outside of like my stepdad went to NC State, so he'll watch NC State stuff for if it's bowl season. But like Thanksgiving, I can tell I was torturing them because I made them watch football for 12 hours, which I didn't care. We had money riding. That's just how it goes. So, uh, you know, we got to watch a couple movies. So I got to catch up on some of the cheesy movies that they have watched. uh uh, some movie with Ed Helms where it's like a Freaky Friday, but the whole family is switching bodies. So that one was all right. Watched a new Jessica Lawrence movie where the parents like bribe her uh, to take their son out and just like have a good time before they go to college. That one was actually. Oh, I watched. I watched that one recently. I thought that was good. I liked that a lot. It's exactly what I expected. I thought the I thought the ending was a nice little twist that you weren't. Um, that not a lot of people usually put at the end of that movie. So I liked it a lot. And I love Jennifer Lawrence. And if this didn't cement me loving her more, uh, I don't know what will because she is bad. She's she's top three. I don't know. Jennifer Lawrence, top three? We can get into that later. It's just because it's like you – obviously she's a great-looking girl. But then the personality, like that's how she is. She's just cool as hell. She's ready to party. But she's also ready to stay in for a night to relax, order a pizza, and just kind of fucking kick it, which is for Hollywood girls. God, that's fair. In you know what? You definitely get that a lot because you're ready to go out and and kind of party a little bit, blow off some steam. Her that's her version is just kind of kicking back and relaxing. So that's fair. It's not the it's not that. the shallow Hal top three. Let's just say that there's some reasoning behind it. Uh, all the other reasons are basically because I'm shallow. Uh, for every other one. Out there, <laughs> for the record, but let's get into it. Our week 14 recap here. We had. Some pretty damn good games. All of a sudden, the playoff picture is completely flipped over on its head. The AFC North is looking crazy. There's a new number one in the AFC, or at least a new favorite now finally being realized. To start it off, the Philadelphia Eagles get steamed roll at Jerry World, where the only touchdown that was scored for the Philadelphia Eagles was Jalen Carty's 42-yard fumble scoop and score here. Uh, what Right at the beginning of the second half, I want to say. The Eagles losing three fumbles and just looking horrific. Honestly, picking up right where they left off in the San Francisco game here. All of a sudden, watch out. The Dallas Cowboys are leading the NFC East, and now the San Francisco 49ers are the number one seed. Well, let's keep it at one team at a time here. David, what were your thoughts with the Philadelphia Eagles-Dallas Cowboys shellacking or the Cowboys shellacking of the Eagles last night? I don't know, man. Eagles are falling out of the sky for me right now. I don't really care how easy the remainder of their schedule is. They need to win out in order to win the division. And on top of that, I'm worried that this team actually can't defend or score against their biggest opponents come playoff time. But as for the Cowboys, I mean, this defense is, it's been consistently great, but the offense has been unstoppable for the last couple of weeks. It's to the point where Vegas actually has Dak as the front runner for the MVP, I believe. But like I, if if they win the division, I I think Dak should get the MVP this year. I also think that uh, uh, Brandon Aubrey, their kicker, is like 
I mean, he's the best kicker in the he's the best kicker in the NFL right now, and that's knowing Justin Tucker still exists. He's just, I mean, thirty for thirty as a rookie kicker. He's the first kicker ever for two fifty-nine plus yard field goals in a game, and that happened against the Eagles. I mean, like it's an all-time hot take to say it, and I know it, but like there should be some real considerations for him as like an offensive player, like or an offensive rookie rookie of the year. Yeah, considering who the names are in there, he's not going to sniff that. Right. You're not going to sniff it, but, like, to do what he's doing is actually unprecedented outside of maybe Justin Tucker. And even Justin Tucker hasn't done the 59-plus yard field goals multiple in a game, the 30-for-30 to start a career. I I mean, like, it's it's never going to happen. Like, I know that's an all-time hot take, but, like, it should be at least a part discussion. There, okay, how about we can meet in the middle and potentially get some all-pro nods here? I think that's kind of an equivalent you can ask for with him. But the fact that he's the first kicker, he became the first kicker with two field goals of at least 59 yards in the same game is wild. Not that Dallas needs it, but the way Dallas is and the surprising games that they find themselves in, maybe having a kicker like this is going to be so clutch because that is what's ripped their hearts out in the playoffs here, it feels like every year is some sort of kicker. So Dallas is rolling right now. Now, the big thing is, is if Philadelphia wins out, which they should just how easy their schedule is, they can still claim the NFC East uh, title with just based off tiebreakers that they have. So Dallas doesn't have it locked up. They still need at least uh, Philadelphia to lose one on top of Dallas winning out for that NFC East title. And then we'll see if they even get that number one seed because the San Francisco 49ers are rolling right now. I I am seriously concerned about the Philadelphia Eagles. Like they've been outscored what seventy five to thirty two in the past day, the past two games. Just so happens to be against the two best NFC teams that you're going to have to go through to get to the Super Bowl here yet again. The remaining schedule is the easiest in the NFL. You got the Seahawks, which we don't know. We'll see. We saw the numbers they're able to put up against Dallas more than the Eagles were. So maybe Seattle can make that a game here as they're fighting for their playoff lives. The last two, I think it's the Cardinals, and they still got the Giants twice. So those should be easy. Are we worried at all about Philadelphia? Do you, or do you calmly think that they're still going to walk away with this title for the NFC East? I mean, they could walk away with the title for the NFC East, but I wouldn't bet on them to win a playoff game depending on who they're playing. Like, I, I don't know. I, I just, like, Maybe I have Green some Bay? serious Maybe doubts. Green Bay is going to come out a little upset? I'm not even confident in betting on them in the regular season right now. Like, I'm not – Yeah. I, I just – Come playoff time, everyone like everyone is going to be at their best. So I, I just I have a tough time with them right now, and maybe they maybe they destroy the bad teams the remainder four weeks of the schedule and and rebuild some confidence in them. But I just I don't know. I, I think the Eagles are are they're feeling the losses in the of the off season, and they are just you know whether it be coaching and players, but. This isn't a team I'm confident in on betting on to, to make it far into the playoffs. No, and Dak's playing great. Micah Parsons in his quote unquote flu game. We'll see how we'll see how accurate that was, but he kind of was on the a late addition to the injury report here with flu like symptoms or a little bit of a sickness heading into yesterday. Micah Parsons made Lane Johnson just look like a a rookie seventh round right tackle yesterday. It was ridiculous. The Cowboys finally have it. This actually might be the year. The Buffalo Bills. Finally get a win here as the last month of the season has just been tumultuous for him. 
20 to 17 over the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead. But of course, there was a little bit of drama. We're talking not, not talking about Buffalo, where apparently the 9-11 comments about Sean McDermott coming out in a 2019 uh, team meeting with coupled with Von Miller and what his uh, battery or assault charges were here this weekend. And then we have, of course, a late call, a late flag to negate a big play, a touchdown winning play potentially. And now we see Pat Mahomes slipping out. But Buffalo in a must-win game going to enemy territory and walk out victorious. Could we be seeing something in Buffalo get heat up? Maybe a little playoff run? I've been down on them, but games like this, all of a sudden you see him take off. Oh, man, it's I don't believe in the Bills. I And to be honest, I kind of – and this is for the fan base because if I was the Bills fan base, this is what I would want. But, like, I'm kind of rooting for them to lose a couple more games, McDermott get fired, and a new staff come in and kind of put this team where it should be. But, I, I mean, this game was arguably the game of the week, but not for the reasons it should have been. You know, the Bills come out firing, score two touchdowns and two drives. Then they only have two field goals the rest of the way. Um, feels like the scripted plays were perfect, but then, you know, when they – and they needed to be because McDermott was – I mean, he's he's on the hot seat, and his seat is very, very hot, especially after the 9-11 comments resurfaced. Yeah, hotter than jet fuel, arguably. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I, I just – the scripted plays were perfect, but then the minute you needed to be an offensive coordinator, it was like you couldn't move the football. And Chiefs defense is solid. They're not bad. They're not – phenomenal but they're solid you should be able to score against them at least once after the first two drives the bills get the win to keep their playoff chances alive but the chiefs lose another game they should have won i think you can lock it in at this point that pat mahomes is probably going to face his uh first ever road playoff game for the you know for the first time in his career he's going to be playing on the road in the playoffs insane outside you know the only yeah the only closest thing to a road playoff game are the neutral sites uh there in the Super Bowl is what he's been facing which is wild for Buffalo again they needed this so bad just kind of the week that they had the last month that they've had playing football this is the game that they really needed bad do we know what the last few the last few weeks of Buffalo's schedule is looking like i actually don't let me uh Let's see if I can pull that up real quick. I bet I can find it pretty quickly. While you get that, I mean, this is a team that they did score 17. They led at here at halftime, but that, that offense kind of stalled. This is this is a game where you thought one was going to overpower the other, and it's a game of these two just playing the games that they've been playing this year and end up kind of being a boring game. If this is the cap off of, what, last year or the year before, uh, the game that they had here, it's underwhelming, but if anyone's going to be happy, it's got to be the Buffalo Bills. You're holding Pat Mahomes to that much, even if there is a brain fart in that offensive side or that offsides, excuse me, that Kadarius Tony gets blown on. That's just a gut wrenching play. Pat Mahomes, you, I feel bad for him. He's getting he's getting slayed right now, even though I don't, he's not handling it the best. But no one was really giving him any kudos last week when he said, "I like how the boys are playing. I'm not going to complain about the call. Uh, it's not really a two side, you know, double edged sword. I guess it is right now." So. But, yeah, what's what's Buffalo looking like? This schedule is interesting. So you got the Cowboys next week, uh, which is going to be a, just a gauntlet of a game for the Bills. Then you've got the Chargers after that, which should be a, hypothetically a win. Uh, Patriots after that, again, should hypothetically be a win, but I'm not sure what the statistics are um, with the Patriots coming to Buffalo. And then you end the season with the Dolphins, but – Depending on how the AFC looks, that could be the Dolphins starting some bench players. And if you need that win to get into the wild card, it might be there. 
or if the Dolphins are playing for that uh, bye week with the Ravens, then you know that could, that's a gauntlet of a of a week eighteen matchup. Yeah, so Buffalo's just got to keep winning. Again, it's it's playoffs or nothing. But it's time to panic in Kansas City, David. All of a sudden, the Denver Broncos are a game back from the from the AFC West right now. They are one game back. And if Pat Mahomes kind of continues this, all of a sudden we know he's going to have that first road game. Is this going to be his first wild card game of his career on top of that? We can say the refs blew the game. The Kadarius Tony, the dude was way off. But that dude is a walking liability ever since he came, in, came into Kansas City outside of one play in the Super Bowl. If it's not his hamstrings, it's drop passes or maybe being a little bit lazy on the field, lining up offsides, which that's a day one in peewee, not a third year in the NFL wide receiver. Type. That's 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 day one. That is at least at least minimum year one. That's just embarrassing. So Kansas City, all of a sudden, Denver's breathing down their neck. And I really am interested to see what those tiebreakers are looking like for him as well. I'll give Tony one thing here is there's a reason you never see offensive offsides calls. It's because normally what happens is the receiver checks with the line judge and makes sure they're not uh, offsides. And Tony didn't do that, so that's a mistake. But even when that doesn't happen, typically the ref shouts something to get you back on sides offensively. Um, doesn't happen often, but typically that's not called because there's usually multiple checks in place, and it just felt like that was just a setup for failure. It was a lethargic check. The, at least the angle I saw, it was kind of like uh, kind of kind of like what I just said. If he's like kind of giving up on plays, doing a half ass, if you're gonna half ass it, those are the results you're gonna get. Just inches, game of inches, and you were arguably half a foot offside. So that it's bad. Kansas City, get it together. If not, it would it will be actually kind of awesome to see Pat Mahomes in the wild card. Let's see if he can grind one out for for once. Your Brownies, watch out, watch out. Victorious, thirty one to twenty seven against the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is the Jags' second loss in six days, but also including Trevor Lawrence, five days removed from a high ankle sprain. All of a sudden, is playing in this game. This was almost kind of a last minute addition. Cool, Doug Peterson. Oh, high ankle sprain. Cool, let's throw it 50 times. 28 for 50, only 257 yards, three touchdowns, but also include three interceptions on there. Shout out to the boy Grant Delpit. Didn't he have one of those? Fresh off an extension, as well as an injury fresh off an extension. That's just typically how it goes. But all of a sudden, Joey Flacco is officially calling himself elite. I think we can put it to rest, boys. Joe Flacco is elite. He also has, in a span of two weeks, two 250-yard, two-touchdown passing games. That's more than the Steelers had ever since Ben Roethlisberger's retired. Let's just say that. Joe Flacco looks like the best quarterback in a Cleveland jersey since Bernie Kosar. I mean, <laughs> Damn. I have, like a, oh, I have like a love-hate with that statement. But, like, the Browns get a good win, but they almost let the Jays come back at the end. But they're down so many starters to injury right now that it's like starting to concern me whether we have the depth to finish the season to make the playoffs. I think there's like an 84% chance we make the playoffs, but you know, we got to, we got to win at minimum two games, but probably go three and one to finish the year to make the playoffs. I don't know. I I'm, I'm concerned with the injuries, but from a Jaguars perspective, it's time to hit the panic button. And I say that they have a one game lead in the division but they face Baltimore next week. 
Trevor Lawrence is still dealing with that high ankle sprain. I have no idea if that relates to the interceptions that he threw or just the general sloppiness. Who knows? Probably, but who knows? That's a must-win game against the best team in the AFC right now. And if they lose, like, the rest, they have to win out to take the division. Do you have uh, that in front of you, too? Because I can't – you know that division. This is – see, this is the time you want to dog the AFC South, but now it's going to get interesting now. They have Ravens, then Buccaneers, who are also in a position where they need to win games to yep. win the division. Then they have the Panthers, uh, which should be an easy win. Then they have the Titans to end the season. Okay. So maybe the Titans are looking to play spoiler because – all of a sudden, if I'm not mistaken, the Colts are at the seventh spot right now. The Texans are also creeping up right behind them. That is such a way more competitive of a division that we were anticipating uh, to kind of, just to kind of stick it to us here a little bit. So Jacksonville, yeah, your time is ticking. You're, all of a sudden, these teams just a couple weeks ago where Jacksonville was the number one seed for about two and a half hours and Kansas City came back, the only one to stay consistent are those Baltimore Ravens. So all of a sudden, Denver creeping up on Kansas City. You got the Colts as well as the Texans creeping up here on the Jags. Dude, it's it's that time of the year. Where's my cocoa? The Baltimore Ravens get a overtime thriller victory against the Los Angeles Rams, 37-31, when Tyron Wallace ends the game with a punt return touchdown to the crib. And now the Rams only drop to six and seven, but they remain one of the long, one of the long shots here in the NFC playoff picture to be able to make it here. Baltimore gets a win, stays atop the AFC. Are you enjoying that at all, David, or what were some of the takeaways you had? Ravens are going to end up the one seed, and I still think they're going to lose their first playoff game. But, man, the Rams are – they're fighters. And they kind of – I don't know what it is, but the Rams, for different reasons, but the Rams and the Buccaneers just are teams that I feel like I want to bet on every week. <laughs> is like a scrappy. They're like a scrappy, like could win a game and, yeah. you know – but probably aren't, but like they're going to finish in that 500 realm and they could beat anyone on the right day, but they're just like scrappy fighters, man. And I said it, and I've said it before. I honestly, if this Rams team sneaks in, who I, don't, I wouldn't want to play him as the NFC team, especially some of these top heavy teams. I mean, what you would have Sam Fran, who they've already played twice. You know, you know how difficult that is. You have Dallas, which I feel like that's just a good matchup right there. Uh, you have Philly, who we don't know what Philly's going to do. The, the rest of the NFC, really. Maybe Detroit, but Detroit's kind of stalling out here a little bit. So, But the Baltimore Ravens just keep winning. I mean, that's got to infuriate you. With how close the AFC North is, they keep just ruining the party. I'm not even scared of them, though. That's the weird thing. It's like but it's, they keep winning. It's just winning. who else to be scared of. That's, the only, that's my only argument. Right. I, I, I completely agree. It's just like... You know, come playoff time, like let's say as a Browns fan, right? And maybe it's just because they're they're a rival and, you know, half the time we play them hyper close. It's just for some reason, they don't scare me. Uh, like if we face them in the playoffs, it, they don't scare me. If we face the Dolphins, the Chiefs, those teams scare me based on what they could do, right? I just feel like there is no ceiling we've yet to hit with the Ravens like I think they're just a real like a really solid football team and again might be a hot take might be my bias as a as a Browns fan I don't know it's just like I'm not I'm not watching this team and going man I am thoroughly scared of this team right yeah 
But I, again, I feel like we've been saying that about everyone. I'm like, at least they're a little on the AFC side, at least they're the most complete team. But this is the time of the year where those teams start stringing a few wins together and start getting hot. So like my Buffalo Bills comment I just made, you never know after a win like this. So maybe Baltimore is one of those teams. Let's get into this going to be done in the email section. Then we'll get to kick back and watch two Monday night football games, David. Before we get in there, we want to remind you that this Week 14 recap is brought to you by Abby Turner Creative, your one-stop shop marketing agency specializing in branding, high-end photography, fashion, and more, especially if you're David and I's age where it feels like there's a college graduation, weddings, baby pictures, diaper parties, funerals. I don't know. They're happening every weekend. You name it. Abby Turner Creative is the only way to go. Check it out for yourself at abbyturnerphoto.com. That's Abby, A-B-B-E-Y, or on her Instagram at Sawdad and Sapphire. Again, abbyturnerphoto.com. First email, my God, the New England Patriots beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 21-18, to where all of a sudden the over that was set at 30-and-a-half hits right before halftime. And first time in NFL history that a team has lost to a 10-loss team in back-to-back games. And they did it five, five days apart from each other there in Pittsburgh. Dude. Only I could bet on the two worst offenses in the sport to go for the under, and they hit the over in a quarter and a half. That's showbiz, baby. That could only happen to a game I bet on. But uh, my only thing about this game, can we talk about how bullshit the TJ Watt can get a concussion, dupe the staff into the black visor because, you know, he probably has a migraine from the concussion, and they're like, hey, the lights are bright. Can I get a darker visor? Sure, why not? And then after the game, he goes into concussion protocol. Like, we would be roasting any other franchise for doing that. That is true. But we know how you feel about Pittsburgh. Uh, the Carolina Panthers really shove it down my throat mostly. Uh, I don't know about Wally's if he's going to stick true to his guns here. Uh, the Saints went 28-6. to six. Uh, I, I could not have been more wrong about the Thursday's game. Uh, two more divisional matchups. Maybe they can make it, make it back up to me. Yeah, I mean, I think this whole division has two divisional games left. So, like, the Saints have two divisional games in their last four, which is going to be an absolute dogfight because they got to win at least the division games uh, to win the division. And then, you know, we're going to talk about it in the next game, but Tampa Bay beating Atlanta 29-25. Again, just like the Saints, both those teams have two divisional games remaining. And this division is going to be a dogfight. It's going to be an ugly finish. And as always, I'm rooting for Baker Mayfield to win it. Of course you are. Hey, Baker Mayfield, he gets a victory against the Atlanta Falcons 21-25. to Get Baker in the playoffs because I don't want to see Derek Carr nor Atlanta in it. So I'm kind of with you on that one. The Detroit Lions lose out in Chicago 28-13 to where they just looked bad all game from the start. Chicago just had this. Uh, and Detroit's just been dropping the ball since Thanksgiving. Denver, Dallas, Minnesota twice left for this team. Just saying, if Green Bay wins tonight, that's just a two-game lead of the NFC North. Could Detroit Lions just be having a catastrophic drop-off right now? I don't know what's happening to them, man. Two of the last three losing, letting the worst team or one of the worst teams in football have their best performance of the season against you. I'm like, are they getting too comfortable with, you know, did they hit nine wins and just celebrate, like, when are we getting the, yeah. the Lions we saw on Thanksgiving back? Indianapolis Colts get embarrassed. Also got smoked on this bet. So the Cincinnati Bengals, where all of a sudden Zach Taylor should be getting some credit because back-to-back 34-point games with this offense with Jake Browning leading it. And this dude just puts up another 
percent completion percentage, David. A couple touchdowns. Don't count the Bengals out now, David. They're they're coming. They're roaring. Dude, Browning has been incredible as a backup for Burrow. And if he finishes the season like he's played the last two games, there's a real chance that, or at least I expect, the QB coach in Cincinnati to get some OC looks come this offseason. I could see the defensive coordinator for the Bengals getting some looks too as like a head coach. But are the Bengals going to play so well that they don't do what they should do and get rid of Zach Taylor? Probably. That's how it goes, baby. San Francisco wins another divisional matchup there in San Fran, 28-16, against the Seahawks, who had to end up starting Drew Locke here. San Francisco is just a really good football team. Who the hell wants to play them right now? Not a soul, man. Not a soul. They're a juggernaut. Um, Really, the only way you beat them is if you can force Purdy into some turnovers or mistakes. That's hard. He's a game manager. so He was dropping dimes yesterday. Right, and he's co- and he's he his coach will never put him in a position to fail. He will have to basically go out of his way to fail himself, and we saw that in their losses earlier this season. But you know that bye week came at a perfect time, and he's right back to where we expected him to be. But I mean, you're you're just not going to beat him when you get near perfect performances from Purdy, uh, Debo Samuel, McCaffrey, Ayuk, the defense. Like I don't. I couldn't even. I couldn't find a flaw if I tried uh, out of yesterday's game. The New York Jets went thirty to six, hanging all thirty of those points here in the second half. That's a sh- completely shut down CJ Stroud in his worst game here as a pro. That's just that defense that Robert Sala had, and then Nico Collins gets ruled out really early uh, early on here, and then Zach Wilson, Robert Sala said best game of his career here. Apparently, right here before he went on, uh, Zach Wilson had said to DJ Reed, what's the worst that can happen? I can get benched again. Keep that energy, kid. Of course, that's the worst that can happen. And they're not going to. Just chuck the rock around, bud. I need to know what the Jets are doing uh, with Zach Wilson. Like, I know he played bad, and then you you benched him. But, like, why? Like, why did you bench him? And I'm not saying he's good. Like, this performance, he played fantastic. Yeah. But – I just don't understand. Like, if you're, if you're Salah, I don't know why you don't just keep him playing all season long. But neither here nor there. Houston is in a disaster situation because you have Tank Dell out for the year. I don't know what happened with Nico Collins, but he left after the first drive with, I think, like a knee injury, ankle injury, yeah, something. ankle or something. Um, CJ Stroud, I don't know what came of that, but he might be out with concussions for – or a concussion for, you know – Maybe one week, maybe two. I, it was a pretty brutal hit. I, it just like appears that this stellar season might be like hanging on its last thread because of freak injuries. Yeah, well, you know what? I think, like we said, they they went past all of our expectations here in Houston. So I think this is a good time. You know, you know what? It's it's a tough race. I get it. If we can't just get the healthy people out there, let's at least pack it up early, start getting prepared for next season. A nail-biter out in Vegas where the Minnesota Vikings win three to nothing. God, imagine if your parents bought you this game to go to, Wally. How pissed would you be? But shout-out to the the Lukashinskis because they know not to fuck up and put legendary games on. Snooze Fest, I wish Wally was here to be able to talk about it, so maybe we'll get him to talk about it on Thursday. You're just going to get some horrifically depressing comment out of him. How, how could you not? I need the one – I need that, like – quick like that quick hit joke 
that he's not joking, but it's the funniest thing you've ever heard out of him. I mean, this was the worst football game I've seen since Seattle. I think it was Seattle beat the Browns. I don't know. The Seattle Browns, it finished 6-3. It was in 2011 or 2010. I mean, this game was so bad, I truly think these teams should have refunded whoever bought tickets. That's how bad it was. Yeah, but it's Vegas, man. They know you're taking the gamble when you buy this, so they know they're going to flip that right against you. Last but not least, the Denver Broncos, again, come out victorious. What are they, winners of like six of the last seven? Something ridiculous like that. Herbert breaks his index finger, not playing. So, meaning, why the hell is Brandon Staley here? Scrap it. Fresh start in January when that Black Monday rolls around and get this going, boys. I'm I'm with you. I mean, Herbert, is he out for the season? Is that official? Or no? Not yeah, yet. I mean, yeah I, th- I think it's anything. I mean, I think if you're the franchise, you have to keep him out for the season. He's already, he, he's already been playing through a broken, through a broken what, index or middle finger on his other hand? So, it's just Yeah, time. you got to send him. Send him to the bench. Fire Staley. See what you got in the coordinators. I was talking to a Steelers fan about a nightmare scenario. Uh, or what jogged my nightmare scenario, and that's Steelers fans get the miserable ones, kind of like the miserable Browns fans who want to fire Stefanski. Uh, those Steelers fans get their wish. It'll never happen. But my nightmare scenario, it happens, and Mike Tomlin gets fired and then goes in, goes to L.A. and takes the Chargers job. Uh, they become immediate Super Bowl favorites in my mind, just immediate Super Bowl favorites. And that's my doomsday scenario. We told you Belichick's already going there. He's going to go out in L.A. He's going to hang out. Belichick's going to get, like, Drake May in the draft and stay with the Patriots and send it out the wrong way. That also sounds sounds more accurate. Last-second predictions. Remember, we got a doubleheader on Monday Night Football where the Tennessee Titans headed down to Miami. Um, I think Miami's still a 13.5-point favorite. And then Green Bay and the New York uh, heading up to MetLife against the Giants, excuse me. Uh, that is a five and a half point game as of right now in favor of the Green Bay Packers. I have some crazy parlays kind of going on. I wouldn't say crazy. I just I like to combine like minus five hundred to minus seven hundred profits and combine them to make them like one plus one fifty and then just go ham on it. But do you have anything crazy? No, I I this. Mm. I really kind of want to take the Titans plus 13 and a half here, but it's also the Dolphins, and they're playing a under 500 team, so they're probably going to score 60. Dolphins money line, the safest bet of the week. I'd, I'd take Green Bay money line, too. I, I just like I'm, I was going to say, what would that... Uh... If I could parlay both of those, which I might try to do uh, before this game starts, or both of these games because they're not staggered. I'm not going to get used to that. Um, so weird. I might. I wonder if parlaying both of those would give you uh, like a plus one hundred, or at least some some uh, advantageous betting. Minus one sixty eight. That's also not bad. That's not bad because I feel knock on wood uh, like those are pretty good bets. But who am I to say that? Because you know I've been shit for the last three weeks. So let's see what teasers look like. Oh, do the spreads or money. Hmm. An eight-point teaser would also get you the same odds, which would bring it to Miami, minus five and a half, and Green Bay, minus two and a half, or plus two and a half, get you the same odds. Interesting. Or, hear me out, let's get fucking ridiculous here. I'm going to put, you got Miami, minus 15 and a half at plus 108, 
Nah, I don't like it. I'm just going to stick with what I got. Ooh. Uh-oh. Is he cooking? Instead of, you say Miami, let's say Miami negative 14, or uh, 14 and a half point favorites. And then how confident are you in the uh, the Packers as five, I don't know five and a half points? I liked it a lot better when it was plus five and a half. You did plus six and a half instead of plus five and a half. And plus, like if you just add one to yeah. Green Bay and Miami as a favorite, you're at plus 324. Sheesh. You want to ride the lightning? I'm not. I'm but I do love lightning. Saquon Barkley. I got him at plus 110, and now he's minus 105. Love seeing that. I need to get a time. sandwich in me. David, until next time, until Thursday, full house. Like I'm Danny. Oh, what is his name? Danny. You know full house? What's uh, his name? If you never, if you never ask me, I would riddle it up. Danny Tanner. Woo wee! Holy Danny shit! See, I knew that you'd get it. Buddy, it's like when people like ask me the most specific things, I can't remember, but I walk away and like that, it's right back in them. Yeah. See, you didn't have to walk away. Look how beautiful that was. This Rams team is so close, and I feel like once it gets to the end of the season, if they squeak in, no one's going to want to play them because of that Super Bowl and that experience. And all of a sudden, they're going to get scary. 